2: Once again, we take you here on six rings in football, things behind enemy lines. And this week, those enemy lines are painted silver and black as the Patriots travel once again out to Las Vegas, where they left a portion of their soul and maybe their dignity last year on December 18th, 2022, the famous backwards lateral game. Jacoby Myers so ashamed of the play that he only had one choice but to join the Raiders this offseason or at least that's what I tell myself because we're all still big mad back this way that Bill Belichick cheaped out and didn't sign the undrafted free agent out of North Carolina State who made a nice name for himself. He now belongs to the Raiders and speaking of the Raiders we are joined once again today on six rings and football things for our behind enemy lines podcast. By the one and only Mr. Scott Gulbrinson, one of the co-hosts of Silver and Black Today, our Odyssey sister family football podcast, who's going to give us a little insight as to what's going on in the wide world of Raiders and just what they're saying about the Patriots. And what legitimately, Scott, is Patriots West. So thanks for joining us once again, buddy. Good to see you.
1: Yeah, good to see you. You, you talk about the, 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 the infamous lateral now in Jacoby Myers, who actually is, is the Raiders' Uh, second top receiver behind De- Devonte Adams right now. But then you have that weirdness and then you have the absolute strangeness of what happened with Chandler Jones, who was the guy who picked up the ball and ran for the touchdown. He's now out of the league. Even today, tweeting out crazy <laughs> stuff about Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, knowing about uh, Aaron uh, Hernandez's murder, all this other stuff. It just, it just gets strange. So these two teams come together. It seems like uh right now is going to offer us another opportunity for some maybe uh, interesting yeah. storylines.
2: I, I, don't, I don't know if there's any way that this year's game could possibly live up to the beyond surreal finale of that, but Andy, Scott does bring up a good point. Maybe everybody involved in that play is cursed forever. Well,
0: <laughs> Mac Jones looks like he's cursed. Um, Ramondre Stevenson looks like he's, looks like cursed. he's cursed. Bill Belichick <laughs> seems cursed. So yeah, we could
2: probably fill out a nice 30 for 30 on the cursing <laughs> of all things. We've from that play. Actually our first ever 30 for 30 here on six rings, the curse of the Myers lateral, except Jacoby escaped it. It seems it's by weird. switching sides as well. Funny how that funny, how that's worked out. Uh, so we'll get to what you guys have to say about Kobe and how he's doing. It looks like he's doing very well for the Raiders, but, um, just sort of give us like, let's set the table with where you think this season is right now, how things are going. Um, You know, obviously you switch quarterbacks, you let Derek Carr go. McDaniels does what he does, which is drives out the incumbent starter somewhere else, brings in his guy. Um, One minute Jimmy looks, it's c- kind of like the Garoppolo effect in a lot of ways. Like one mm. minute he looks spectacular and the other minute, um, as the kids like to say, pretty sus.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there you go. It's interesting because to your point about the the McDaniels way and what he's doing in Las Vegas, I think, look, we, we talked a little bit about it last year with the situation with Derek Carr. It was time for both those parties. I called it, an, at the time, an amicable divorce. Now, it ended poorly because Josh McDaniels benched him the last three games of the season, and Derek Carr just basically left the team and then went away in free agency. Uh, or and, and so you look at what happened with the Raiders, And, and you say, okay, so you, you we're going to sign up. We're going to get a new quarterback. A lot of folks wanted the Raiders to try to move up in the draft. There was a lot of energy for CJ Stroud, which turns out to be accurate. He's done well in Houston with a pretty bad team down there. And you got to like what's going on. But, uh, so everybody was sort of on board with switching. Then they signed Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like, well, wait a minute, Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, he's a winner. He's done this. And Josh McDaniel said that from the very day they signed Jimmy G, they said, well, we like him because he's a veteran. He knows how to take care of the ball, and that's what we need. So in essence, what they were saying, guys, was we need a bridge quarterback until we figure out what the heck we're going to do for the next 10 years. Uh, And so that's fine. You you can understand that because you have an offense that is the fifth highest paid. Again, not making a mistake there, the fifth highest paid offense in the NFL uh, against the cap, the Raiders. And uh, so you figure, okay, they're going to be pretty good on offense. The defense was a big question mark. A lot of young bodies, a lot of new bodies there, and and they made a draft pick out of Tyree Wilson at number seven, at defensive end. So you saw that, and you thought, okay, there was some hope and optimism. What's happened so far this season, gents, has been Jimmy Garoppolo is is to use a Vegas terms, it's we, you just you just crapped out. Jimmy Garoppolo has been a poor bet for Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. I said at the beginning of the year, they they were like fraternity boys, man. They are saying, first time in a casino, I'm putting all my chips on black, and black is Garoppolo, and guess what? It hits red, because so far, he's just been off, he leads the league in interceptions, seven interceptions to six touchdowns. Of course, he's already missed one game. We knew that was going to happen, so that's not a surprise. But what's been weird about it is the rate at which he's throwing interceptions, he leads the NFL on that, 5.3% of his Passes are intercepted, basically. He's the highest in the league. The next highest behind him is Daniel Jones at four. So he has not acclimated well to returning in the fold with Josh McDaniels. And so this offense has sputtered. The Raiders offense has not scored 20 points in six games. So that goes back before this year. Uh, and so they're not moving the ball with all of that. Devonte Adams, in his veteran smart way, has shown his frustration And so, uh, this offense can't move the ball defense is coming along now, but overall it's a weird, weird situation. They win a game and everybody was complaining about how poorly the offense played. So, uh, Raider fans are kind of seeing between the lines here and understanding that boy, things are not well. And whatever Josh McDaniels planned doesn't seem to be going according to plan.
0: So what, um, what factor does Josh Jacobs play in that? Because obviously he had, he was caught up in the whole world of running backs and devaluation and franchise tags and, He sits out and, you know, you have two running backs in this game who I think both teams thought were key parts of the offense and both are averaging less than three yards a carry. Where is Josh? Is Josh Jacobs not running well? Is the line not good enough? Is he still knocking off the rust from missing time? Like, where's Josh Jacobs?
1: It's a great question and one that I've asked over the weeks because uh, clearly you miss camp. Guys say, oh, well, they're in great shape and they are in great shape, right? They're they're world-class athletes. But there's game shape and then there's good shape. And so I think it took Josh Jacobs a little bit. And so I think it's a combination. Everybody wants to blame the offensive line. The Raiders offensive line has regressed so badly that it's it's hard to not notice, not only in the passing game, but also in the running game. This is the same line for the most part. They added veteran Greg Van Roten from the Jets at right guard. That's the only change they made. So you think you'd get better because he was actually very solid in New York. They've actually gotten worse in every facet of the game. Uh, including allowing six sacks to Khalil Mack two weeks ago in one game. So they, they've been able to not – they've not been able to establish the run. And you guys know from McDaniel's offense when he was running it there, you and, and the same thing the Patriots are going through now with Stevenson, you have to establish that run. You don't have the kind of quarterback like Josh Allen or someone who's going to throw the ball all over the field and go way downfield and, and bring you back from 17 points. You have to methodically go down and score. And, and so they're not able to do that. And and Josh Jacobs can't get it. I think it's both. I think the offensive line has been terrible. And I think Josh Jacobs, he looks to me just a little bit, uh, maybe a step slower than he was last year. And why? We don't know. Is that because he missed camp? Not sure. But now you're getting into week six, and you should be in pretty good game shape. So this will be interesting to see which of these teams, unless they both can't, can get the run game going and maybe take a little pressure off of their fragile quarterbacks to maybe uh to matriculate down the field and score some touchdowns
2: it's yeah, italian last... it's fragile, fragile, fragile. Exactly. yeah and the last really good game Ramondre stevenson had was december 18th 2022 he had 19 carries for a buck 72 and a touchdown but of course his most remembered not for scoring what should have been the game winning touchdown and whether or not keelan cole was inbounds or not that's not not a matter to debate and discuss at this point but rather <laughs> beginning the lateral that went back to Myers, which went to Jones, not Mac but Chandler, etc. Uh, and yeah, and you if you stop and think about it, you know, we've been saying that the G in Jimmy G stands for generous because he's just been giving the ball away so much, even making Mac Jones almost look like he's been working on his ball security. But Mac has three pick sixes now, which is just mm-hmm. unheard of. Both teams have running backs that aren't performing up to snuff uh, that people are ruining from a, I used a first round pick on you in fantasy all the way to you. Hey, I thought it was going to be fun to buy your Jersey and, you know, see you perform every Sunday, underwhelming offensive lines, quarterbacks that are giving the ball away too much. Again, we're trapped in a cruel mirror game, but the one thing Andy and Scott, that I feel like the Raiders have is if you're just going to like, if the Pats and the Raiders are just going to butt heads and be, quite comparable to each other with so many former Patriot coaches and scouts, you guys have some high end elite talent. And I don't see if it comes down to just, you know, who's got the, someone who can make the play. Myers is performing very well. Adams at any given moment could go off, especially against a banged up Patriot secondary. Michael Mayer looks like he's starting to emerge as well. Our tight ends are having trouble getting going. Yeah. I, you know, I mean that, that could be what this comes down to. And if so, That's advantage Raiders. Are you guys waiting for the big Devontae Adams breakout game?
1: Yes. I mean, last week against the Packers, I mean, the Packers team is not very good, right? They're, they're young. They're trying to put it back together with a young quarterback and, and Devontae Adams um, was, was targeted twice or excuse me, four times. He was targeted four times, um, caught all four passes, a couple short ones, a couple medium range ones. And after the game, they asked Devontae Adams, you know, well, because Josh McDaniels came out and, and you guys know Josh McDaniels. He's not exactly um, um, descriptive. I mean, he's not Bill Belichick, but he's also not very great at press conference and kind of answering questions. So uh, they asked Josh McDaniels, well, how come you didn't get the ball more to Devontae Adams? I mean, he's your best receiver. He's playing his old team. Well, they were doing some things and taking him out of the game. Then you talk to Devontae Adams, who says, yeah. Uh, I get double teamed and bracketed in in every game I play. It happens in every single contest, but you still need to get me the ball is what he said. So he was gently saying, yeah, they're not targeting me enough. So I think that's part of the problem. But what we've seen with Garoppolo is you're right. The turnovers, but we call, and we got this from our San Francisco brethren, which was called the Jimmy gimme's. And um, he's been doing that, but he's also not seeing receivers downfield. I know, I know uh, you've had a little bit of that, with Mac Jones too. So there's, there's some of that, but yes, there is talent there. And that's why I mentioned the amount of money they're spending on their offense, because you look at it, of course, the Gruden Mayock years were horrific for drafting talent. Not only players that got in trouble and are no longer with the team, but also guys that just didn't pan out. And that's what, that's what's remarkable to me about Bill Belichick, because I think the Patriots, I think Bill Belichick, it's hard to argue that he's the greatest not the greatest coach, of course, in, in NFL history, because he is. But what have they been thinking over there, uh, up, up there, back bay, wherever you guys are? What have they been thinking about drafting? Because I'm I'm blown away that the Raiders have this talent, can't get anything out of it. And then you look at the Patriots, and they don't seemingly have any. And what's been going on?
0: Well, they've been blowing a lot of draft picks. They've been spending money uh, poorly. Uh, the new collaboration that Robert Kraft has sold fans over the last two or three years with Matt Gro. Hasn't exactly panned out. And even when they hit on one Christian Gonzalez, who looks like an absolute stud, well, he's gone for the year and he's out of the mix. So, um, you know, just the usual uh, problems coming together in a big cauldron of misery for Patriots fans, Um, which brings me to my big picture question, which maybe I should have asked first. Um, Both teams, I think, right now have coaches that are under fire to varying degree, depending on which fan or media analyst um, we all saw the other night, and I don't know if you got to the bottom of this, when Mark Davis in his suite called somebody an a-hole, um, very obviously on national TV. He was is... talking to me. He was talking to me. No, <laughs> hey, I've been called worse by Bill Belichick. Um, <laughs> is he, is Josh McDaniels in it for the long haul in Vegas? Is is the Patriot Way West? Patriot Way East is struggling and people are calling for Bill Belichick to be fired. Where does Josh McDaniels stand in his stability?
1: It's a great question. And and one I'm getting when I talk to people all over the country, because Josh McDaniels in his second stint as a head coach is eight and 14. Okay. So it's not going real great. He inherited a team. I know the Raiders team after the John Gruden disaster and the Henry Ruggs acts, all that stuff, they made the playoffs. Like they, they rallied behind their interim coach, Rich Bisaccia, who now coaches special teams for the Packers. They rallied behind him. They made the playoffs. Should have beat the Bengals who went on to the Super Bowl, by the way, but they, yeah, it was a good ball over. It was a great game and um then he inherits that roster but like you said comes in and instantly wants doesn't care who anybody is needs to just get his guys in there okay so you see that happen but but now you get into year 2 the expect the owner Mark Davis said hey you know we we're on the same page Ziegler McDaniel and I are on the same page we're preaching a little patience and so when he said patience as you guys know covering the sport that perked up my ears and said okay He's getting a pass this year because if 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 he says patience, that means he's not focused on winning a division title or making the playoffs. Uh, Who knows what their internal goal is. But to me, that's the key is how long can they go with McDaniels doing it before the locker room starts to, to wane away? And I think that's the key here. I, I think he's got a pass. I don't think he'll get fired this year. I really don't. Unless something crazy happens and he loses Devonte adams in the locker room he loses other leaders in the locker room like max crosby if that happens and devolves and you know you guys have been around locker rooms you know that can happen very quickly or it can take a lot of time to develop so i think that's the only the way he gets fired i don't think he's worried about his job i think he should be because of results the regression we're seeing usually when you have a team and you're rebuilding you say okay yeah, you're going to take your lumps, but if you can see progress. The only progress we've seen so far has been on the defense, and that's been in the last two games, uh, which is a good sign for the Raiders, but offensively, IE Josh McDaniels' entire career built on offense, he's supposed to be a guru, right? It's terrible. The Raiders are near the bottom of the league in all offensive categories and Uh, I don't know what the resolution would be, but I would think going into next year, if this year doesn't end well, then he'll definitely be on a very hot seat. And I don't know that it'll be very long before he gets the hook if he can't turn it around.
2: Yeah, Jacoby Myers. Now, we mentioned him earlier. He's been doing great for the Raiders. It's a shame the Patriots let him go. That was one of Mac Jones favorites. The fans loved him. It was a great, triumphant modern day NFL success story. Someone who's an undrafted free agent. He's there at the end of Tom Brady's tenure. Then he sur- Cam Newton helps him survive the COVID year. Then he flourishes in the offense. And his reward is to be let go or underbid on. <laughs> and the Patriots replace him with Juju Smith Schuster, which is like basically taking a healthy 19-year-old and swapping him out for a corpse. It's just been awful. It's just like the Juju Smith Schuster experiment well, has been absolutely brutal. But you guys just must just like. Love what Myers has done for the team thus far.
1: Yeah, but you know, I have to go back to one thing you said, Fitzy, which was the idea, the kind of what you've seen from Belichick, where like, like you just mentioned the Jacoby Myers situation where he does so well, fits well, the quarterbacks, you know, is in sync with him, which is great for your team. And it's like, yes, yeah. See ya. And your, Josh McDaniels does the same thing, by the way. So he learned from the master. He's doing the same thing. He did the same thing with Hunter Renfro, right? Now, we'll talk about Jacoby Myers in a second, but the same thing with Hunter Renfro, one, a really good slot receiver in the he NFL. He just
2: disappeared off the face of the football map. You're right.
1: $14 million he's making this year, and he's they're not using him. And they keep asking McDaniels about, oh, no, we're, we're, he's in the game plan. Well, he's in the game plan. How is he in the game plan? You're not using him. So it's very strange, this kind of whole... Um, management issue there but with Myers Myers instantly came in and that's the one guy that Jimmy Garoppolo is locked in with he seems to have a second nature just vibe with him and so he goes to I mean his primary receivers have been Myers number one Adams number two and then Josh Jacobs out of the backfield number three so so Myers has been a huge addition. People were skeptical about him coming over. I'm like, well, you weren't paying attention to what he did in New England. Um, as fans tend to do, they're not going to pay attention to teams necessarily outside their own division, at least. And so he came in here, and he has been just a great addition and and been key and clutch. Every time they need him to make a big catch, he's made it when he's given the opportunity.
0: Yeah, he's one of those guys, I always said, you'll never regret having him in your locker room or on your team. He's not going to carry you. Like, he's not truly elite. He's not a number one, but you'll never, ever regret handing him a paycheck and asking him to come to the game and perform his duties. Um, The Renfro thing's interesting because it caused me to say one of the dumbest things I've ever said. I believe when Josh took the job, I said, Renfro might have 140 catches because I just thought he was a slot receiver in the mold of the Patriots. That is remarkable how that has not worked. But I did want to flip to the other side of the ball because you get a win last week. You force turnovers on paper. The defense maybe isn't um, all that good over the totality of the season. But where are the gains coming defensively in terms of coming up against the Patriots offense? That scuffling that might be willing to give you chances to take the football away. Where are the where are the gains coming for the defense?
1: Well, they're really coming up front. I mean, it starts with Max Crosby. Of course, he was the AFC defensive player of the week. It, the, the guy is just phenomenal. I don't care who your team is. If you watch this guy play, you're like, that's a football player. Yep. And um, so so it starts there. And and it was interesting in this game against the Packers, and I use this as an example because the Raiders all over have struggled on defense. Um, their linebacking core is not great. They went out and signed Robert Spillane from the from the Steelers. They have a young guy they developed over the last couple of years called Malcolm Coontz, who's doing pretty well there as well. Um, and Divine Diablo back there, uh, at, at, and they kind of swap in at end too. They move up. And so you see what they're doing, uh, and you see Max Crosby starts to just generate energy, and then the rest of the defense follows suit. It was really amazing to watch. But you also see the defensive backfield for the Rays, which is banged up as well, too. They were missing their top two cornerbacks the past two games, and they held the Chargers and um, and the Packers to one touchdown in six quarters right? This is a defense that's been near the bottom for a long time. Uh, and you're seeing that with Ameek Robertson, a third year player out of Lu- uh, Louisiana, Lafayette. He had Short the final Duke. pick
2: against the Packers, correct?
1: Yes. He had the final yeah. pick against the Packers. He has the best rate against uh, uh pass coverage in the league right now. So they're, they're doing it with guys that are Trayvon Morig, a, a safety that they signed, uh, or excuse me, drafted out of TCU. Um, he struggled last year for his first year as a rookie did really Well, We thought he'd be a pro bowler in year two. That's how good he was. Not that pro bowl means much anymore, but he regressed last year. And then now this year he's playing really well. They added Isaiah Epps on the back end as well. And then Tyler Hall Jr., a guy they activated for the practice squad. So they're giving guys opportunities due to injury and they're taking advantage of it. But it just seems like the defense has finally started to kind of communicate well and they're getting a push up front. It's not enough yet. They're still a little bit weak up front but they're starting to get more of that. And what they're doing, guys, which is really interesting, you'll see this, they're taking Max Crosby and they're putting him all over the line. They're even putting him inside at times because they're not generating a lot of pressure there. So they've moved him around and that has worked. He's become like this defensive tackle, edge, whatever you need me to be guy, and he's blowing people up. So it's worked really well for them and it's given a little bit of a reprieve to the back end who's gotten time to catch up.
2: Hat tip to old pal Patrick Graham coming up with the idea to use Max Crosby, a generational talent along the line and coming off the edge. Must be nice to have uh, players like that, Andy. Guys that can... uh, (laughs) Wouldn't know. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't know. We we had somebody who was good, but he was left in a football game that was out of hand, got injured, and now the Patriots pass rush defensive line (laughs) suffers for it as well. Injuries have been a big part of why the Patriots are not performing up to anything resembling Patriots standards. Uh, A lack of talent as well anyone around here who's picking the patriots this week basically is saying just because or they're due or it can't get worse can it which is a terrible way to look at things so uh when we get get you out of here scott this has been really really insightful stuff on the organization overall and how how the silver and black look at the six time champs um who what uh, how do you see the game going down sort of what's what's your feel for the way this uh this revenge match, if you will, from last December shocker is going to go. And if things do go the way of the Raiders, could you maybe give us a player on offense or defense, you know, not named Adams or Max Crosby, who you think (laughs) could be a difference maker or that we'll be talking about on our post game show Sunday night.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, I, I have not, I've refused to pick the Raiders in the game except for week one. And I was right there uh, just because I I have not been, I have not seen from them enough to say, you know, I think they're going to win this game. I think they do win this game. I think they have to win this game. By the way, at home, Uh, not just because of the Belichick McDaniel's vibe there and that whole connection, but just because they need it. They they have a really soft stretch in their schedule right now, and then it gets a lot harder. So they're the next out of uh, four out of the next five games they're facing teams that are one and four, two and three at this point. So they have an opportunity to to catch up. So I think they need to do that. I think offensively. In this game, you'll see Devontae Adams have a big game. I think you'll see Myers, of course, against his old team uh, do well, but I really think it's going to be a Devontae show. And I think you'll see Josh Jacobs actually uh, do more, but do more as a receiver out of the backfield uh, as as they try to shut down the middle there and the offensive line continues to struggle. And then defensively, just watch Max Crosby again.
2: Any last ones from you, Andy?
0: I just realized, you know, now when we do these, the people talk about the fact that it's the start of a soft stretch of the schedule where you need to take (sighs) advantage. The Patriots have become a get right team. The team you get right against, you make plays against, you feel better. Like, I I, I just, I don't know where this is going in my strange upside down world of covering the New England Patriots. It's, yeah, this is a whole new ball game for us. Yeah.
1: I know. I I, I had a mentor tell me when I was young, and this was more of a day-to-day thing, but I think it's it's relevant to what you're going through there in New England, which is some days you're the hammer and some days you're the nail, right? And and those ebbs and flows, and, and, and you've enjoyed so much success there over the years um, it's, I know it's going to be tough, uh, but you got the Celtics too, right? So,
0: Oh, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Believe me, the Bruins oh. <laughs> won last night and the Celtics start soon that mm-hmm. we're all in
2: on the Celtics, yeah. you know,
0: exciting team. Oh, wait, a team that goes out and acquires stars. Big time. guests, and, and to complement their stars, yeah.
2: to try to actually yes. achieve greatness and win a championship as opposed to sitting on their thumbs or replacing good <laughs> players internally with players they have no organizational familiarity with. I, I should have known on, you're wearing black Scott and you've got green in your backdrop as well. So secretly you're a Bruins and Celtics fan, obviously. So we thank you for that. <laughs> oh, Golden Knights, uh, baby. Sorry. I know. I I let, yeah, must be. Yeah. Let the coach nice go. Coach. And he brings, and he brings the Stanley cup back to Cape Cod this summer, which he should have done as well. And I, for one loud him for being such a gentleman about the entire experience and good for Bruce Cassidy, because he was great when he was here as well. Um, Yeah. You know, I was at that, I I was, I was at the game last year and it was a wild experience and I've, I've described it to Andy um, as basically the nightclub with a football stadium with a football field in it. Um, It's an insane place to take the game. And now you guys have the sphere down the street as well. Have you connected with any Raiders? Like how do Raiders fans feel now? Because they have to take like, it's an hour and 15 minute flight or it's a seven and a half hour drive. Like yet still the silver and black attack shows up there as well but like do any Vegas people actually go to the games
1: they do um it's it's interesting I'm doing a story uh I write up on sportsnot.com and and I'm doing a story right now about this phenomenon where you saw Lambeau Field taken over by Lions fans you mm-hmm. saw uh, um the Notre Dame Stadium 40 percent of them were Ohio State fans when they played It's a growing um trend and in las Vegas it's 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 magnified because it's Las Vegas If you're with three buddies and you want to go see the Patriots one time a year on the road together, where are you going to go? It's cold and okay, I'll go to, I'll go to Vegas. Yeah, sure. I'll go. So it's, 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 it's that, but, but talking to the experts that I've talked to, they all said the main factor is winning. If you win fans from the local market and from the team are going to want to go to the games and they're not going to sell their tickets like they would if you're struggling or if you're below 500 or things are not going well. So I think you'll see it, but yeah, it's, it's a unique experience. Raider fans are really bothered by it, but you're starting to see it other places too. So I don't think it's strictly Las Vegas, but they just got to do what Al Davis said. And that's just win baby.
2: That's right. That's right. And Andy and I are very much looking forward to 40 to 50% bills fans next week. At Gillette Stadium <laughs> as well. Yep, the shame right, of guys. it all. All right, you can give him a follow at LV Gully. It's the Silver and Black Today podcast here in the Odyssey Football family. Scott, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Great chatting with you. Uh, we'll talk to you again sometime soon. Have a great rest of your season, brother.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Have a good one.
2: Thank thanks, you. Bro.